Welcome to Design Huddle Podcast, where two internet friends break down what's new in tech and design. Each week, we talk about what's trending in tech, have some hilarious candid interviews with creative professionals, and drop some knowledge on you so you can stay ahead of the pending robot apocalypse. Now let's get into this week's topic. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back to Design Huddle. Happy holidays, everyone that's listening to this in December. I hope you guys had an awesome holiday season. Design Huddle is going to come back better than ever in 2020. This is the last episode of 2019. So thank you for subscribing. Thank you for being a listener. And thank you for supporting the design community. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about user flows. Before we do that, just a quick reminder. My name is Ryan Warrender. I'm the co-host well with my uh, partner in crime, Brendan Gross. We have a ton of interviews coming in 2020, as I mentioned. If you haven't subscribed, please do. We also have a new website dropping soon, so make sure you follow us on all the social platforms, Instagram, Twitter, etc. We'll have a ton of updates, giveaways, links to awesome resources, and everything in between. So look for that coming down the road. Um, but for those of you that are in UX careers, project managers, designers, anything of the sort, user flows are incredibly, incredibly important. So let's start from the top, talk about what a user flow is. So a user flow is the path taken by a prototypical user on a website, app, etc., to complete a task. So the user flow takes them from their entry point through a series of steps towards an outcome, the final action. Why they avenge, why they originally came to use your site or app in the first place, such as purchasing a product. So let's take a user flow example that's pretty common and I'm sure most of you have experienced before. So let's say that you uh, were a Black Friday shopper, as an example. You were watching YouTube and you saw an ad on one of your YouTube videos for Nike shoes. So you click the ad and from the ad, you go to the ad landing page. And typically, ad landing pages take you to either a product category page, which is like for Nike, it would be like men's running shoes. So a more general category it could even just be men's sneakers versus women's sneakers. And basically, it gets the user started on a, on a topic that they're interested in. The other place that an ad landing page could take you is a product detail page which is like a specific type of shoes. So if you were like Nike shoes, it could be like Air Force Ones and give you the details about that particular sneaker or shoe. So um, users come in through various entry points. That's something else that we're going to be talking about. An entry point is where a user comes into your website. And if you think about it, there's a lot of different ways that a user can come in. Common entry points, the, the, the terminology entry point basically just means Think about where the user came from. Is it from social media? Did they click on a Facebook ad? Is it from an advertisement? Is it from a newsletter? Is it from a Medium article or other blogs? 
it's important to have context of where the user came from um, when providing them more information. Another piece of terminology that gets thrown out a lot is a task flow. It's pretty, it's a, it's pretty basic. It just means it's a sequence of steps to accomplish a task inside of a website or app, um, web experience, etc. And then the other one is a user flow, which I, I talked about that previously, but um, there's a few different things to kind of think about and how to create a user flow. The first thing is that you can list out all of the different entry points. So where are the common places that users are coming into your site? Most analytic solutions can provide this. So whether it's through a search engine, through social media, through a paid uh, advertisements, all of these are where users are coming into your web experience. The next to take into account is your user goals and the business goals. These are really important in driving the user flow. The next is you can also think about the possible landing pages. A landing pages is the first step in the user flow. So a lot of the times the landing page will be where you're pointing your ad traffic, where you're linking on social media, or um, your homepage. That's the most common landing page. That's the most common place where people will start their web journey. Um, next, you can also start with the happy path or basically the path that gives them the best, uh, easiest way to complete um, their goal without any running into any issues. The other, other ways to think about it is you can create user flows for different personas, different types of users, different types of people. They're for like, think about the example of eBay, right? There's kind of two major types of users, either a buyer or you're a seller. The user flows for each of those users is very different. So you can kind of group out, does your web experience tailor to buyers or sellers? Typically it's uh, for buyers. So for the Nike Black Friday example, it would be uh, a buyer using that persona. Um, next, another thing you can think about is being consistent through the whole user flow. And of course, uh, making sure you're documenting all the steps in the process. These are just some good way, things to think about before you get started. So let's take this one step further. Why is a user flow actually important? Well, if you want a user to get from point A to point B or from random person on the internet to lifelong supporter of your product, brand, or services, chances are you need to sell them and get them excited and get them from understanding what you sell, what service you provide, to actually completing a transaction and buying what they're looking for. Um, so imagine that like your users are very similar to people in a physical place. So let's take like Penn Station as an example. Penn Station is the main you know, transport hub in the Manhattan and New York City. So there's several predictable ways that crowds can kind of move inside of that station and outside. They can come from the outside in, they can come from the subway. There's a lot of different entry points into Penn Station. So there are several predictable ways that crowds will move within the station. And if you're designing a station, it's very similar to designing a website. You need to make sure that it's easy for the crowd to navigate through the experience so it's clear and easy to complete the task that they're looking for. So in the train example, if you're going to Penn Station and you get off the subway, what is the easiest way to get to uh, you know, the, one of the trains that you're looking for? So you get the subway to a train, What's the easiest path to get there? Thousands or millions of people potentially could be moving through your website. So your information architecture or how your site is structured is critical 
This all ties back into user flow. How easy is it to complete a task? So when they start on your landing page, is it clear to get to the next step? Is it worth going to the next step? Are you incentivizing them to go to the next step? So these are all things to think about. Whether you are flowing through the checkout, through projects on your portfolio, or you're you know, signing up for a new you know, web experience or signing up for a Spotify account, these are all really important things to think about. So it's there's a few tips and tricks that I think will help um, when designing a website for creating better user flows. So the first tip is don't count clicks or pages. Um, it's important to give people the right information at the right time. There's a reason that minimalist websites are so popular right now, and it's because that people don't like to be overwhelmed. People don't want to scroll through five or six, seven um, paragraphs to find the information they're looking for. The best designed websites tend to be headlines that are concise using um, call to actions that are using strong verbs. So really be thoughtful when dis- when determining the language on the site and really try to avoid you know, very long pages where users are scrolling to get more information. A long web page is similar to walking back to the Penn Station example. Imagine a very long hallway with no sign it with no signs or no end in sight. As a user that's walking through the train station, that can be very frustrating. Um, which leads me to the next point, which is avoid making a dead end. If you send a crowd of people in Penn Station to a hallway with no exit, you're going to have a lot of problems. Users are going to be upset. Passengers are going to be angry. There's also just going to be chaos. This is very similar to a website when a page goes down or you get a 404 error and your support team is trying to handle that. You're getting a ton. You're getting inundated with a bunch of people that are saying, hey, I can't check out or, hey, I can't view this product. That's frustrating. And the chances are most users that are going to leave your site or leave your experience are probably never going to come back. So it's critical that you make a great first impression and you avoid having any dead ends. This is a simple thing, but I think it's it, it, it kind of goes um, without saying. So let's take another, uh, another example. I know I talk about Nike a lot on this podcast. I just think it's an easy e-com example that most people can relate to. Um, another thing is making the checkout process as easy as possible or the registration process. A common mistake that I see a lot of websites make is forcing your users to register. I highly encourage allowing users to register as a guest. Don't force them to sign up if they if they don't even know what they're getting. So chances are you would rather have a one-time user make a purchase than a user that you're forcing to sign up. They have to fill out all this additional information that they don't want to give up, and then they end up bouncing from the site and leaving. So Keep that in mind when you're trying to have a forced login for users. Um, Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. So to summarize, user flows, very important, 
critical to building a great website. So think about what does the user need to accomplish? That's the first and most important question you should always be asking. Next, are the steps in your user flow going to help them or discourage them from continuing the process and getting it to meet their goal? Again, back to the Black Friday, is it easy to purchase the shoes? Can I find the shoes I'm looking for in my size that meets my details so I am encouraged to continue to check out? And the last and probably you know, something that people tend to skip over is does the user have enough information to accomplish the task? Are you giving them everything that they need in order to make a decision? This is particularly important if you are providing a service. Um, say you are a tutor. You want to show maybe your degrees, some um, testimonials from previous students, things that make it easy for me to make a selection to say, hey, I'm going to go with this tutor because I feel confident that they can get the job done. Um, other things you need to consider are the tools. So a lot of people have been asking recommendations on tools. So we're going to try to give a little bit more um, examples on the topics that we cover, the best tools that are out there. So here's some tools that like I would you know recommend. Um, the first one is called um, Just in Mind. It's a wireframing and prototyping tool for web and mobile that enables users to design their flows and visualize the conversion flow. It's a really great tool. It's super easy to use. Um, it has a feature called Scenario Builder, and it also has um, a feature where that you can use requirements, definition capabilities, so you can have users that have a complete set of features for creating a user flow. And it has a drag and drop interface, which makes it super, super easy. Another common one that people use, I haven't used a ton, is called Flowmap, but this is how you can plan a customer's journey um, from start to finish. Again, it does a really good job giving a visual overlay um, of, you know, taking the user through all the steps of the web that the website could potentially offer from sign up to the user signed up to an invalid action to taking the user back. So it not only allows you to go from point A to point B, but it also allows you to branch and kind of show all the different ways, you know, such as error handling and all that type of stuff. So Flowmap is definitely worth a try. It's a really strong um, tool. Uh, one con to note is that there's only 80 icons included. So there's not a ton to work with. And it's also um, like basically to get unlock all the features, you have to pay for it. There's a free version, but it's very limited. So that's something else to think about. Um, another one is called Overflow. It's a, you know, a lot of these are going to have a lot of overlap. They tend to be, um, you know, uh, drag and drop. You know, the UI is fairly intuitive. Um, this one's a really great way for designers to illustrate user flows by having playable like inner interactions or animations. So Overflow lets you just choose where to add focus when presenting a user flow um, to, to your team or to clients. So that's a, a really good one. If you're looking for just straight free ones, that's for high-level wireframing. Um, Wireflow wire is a good one. Um, it's free. It's open source. Um, it's it's a pretty good tool, especially if you're used to using traditional design tools like Sketch or the Adobe Suite. It'll come fairly natural, and it's way less expensive than buying, you know, um, you know, one of the premium ad or uh, premium design products out there. So the fact that it's free is huge. Again, limited functionality, but it is open source. It's always kind of getting better and better. Um, I like Mockflow as well. That's what allows you to visualize user flows super quickly. 
So if you want to do like a quick and dirty um, mock-up of like a mobile flow going from homepage to checkout, really great way to do wireframes. Again, drag and drop. So you can just kind of get boxes, logos, images, drop some text in, make sure you can kind of feel out how the website will look before kind of getting into the actual design process. So Mockflow really helps you convert user journey concepts into true user flow prototypes. So you can basically take a high level overview of the information architecture and slowly start to convert it into uh, you know, a functioning prototype. Um, and then the last one, which I, again, I haven't used, but is very popular is called draw.io. You can build and store your user flow in the cloud. Uh, it's a really popular tool. Um, it's a diagramming and user flow tool for flowcharts. Most of these tools are basically some version of a flowchart where you can kind of, you know, go from point A to point B with bridging and like kind of branching out um, based off of all the different tasks. The only uh, con, in my opinion, is you can't really customize it. It's very kind of rigid in the design and what you're able to do, but it is free. So it's definitely worth um, definitely worth checking out, in my opinion. So that's another good one to... Um, consider. So those are some tools. Uh, it, hopefully that's helpful if you are interested in wireframing or prototyping or just creating better user flows before you get into the process. This is a really important skill that I think whatever you're doing a redesign or you're building a site from scratch, having a clear user flow, thinking about the different personas is critical. So I'll leave you with this. Why do we use user flows in UX design? Well, you have to if you want to create an intuitive interface. If you want a to build something that's easy, if you want an effective transit station, Penn Station is not a well-designed train station. It could be designed way better. Um, so it's also to think about all of the pain points and missed opportunities. So if you're ever to do a redesign and build Penn Station from scratch, what could you learn from the current design? How could you make it better? Another way you could do this is get inspired by other interfaces and jot down all of your ideas to kind of have a summary of, you know, all of the best interfaces um, representing in, in your in your redesign. Um, the other way is it, it's a really great way to present your product to your cross-functional team, your clients, your colleagues, etc. User flows also are make it easily to communicate the flow of a product so everyone understands what the interface will look like, how a user will interact with it, and it makes it a lot easier to get people to kind of sign off on the overall vision um, of the product. So yeah, that's, that's user flows in a nutshell. Hopefully you guys found this episode helpful, interesting, all of the above. Um, I'd love to hear from you guys. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Warner. You can follow me on Instagram at Ryan Warner. Tag me, tell me that you heard this episode. Tell me what you want to hear in the future. I hope you guys had an amazing 2019 design huddle is coming back stronger than ever in 2020. More Brendan and Ryan duo coming at you live. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And we will catch you on the next one. Peace. Design Huddle is a podcast that is hosted by Ryan Warner and Brendan Gross. The opinions stated here are our own and not those of our company. Thank you for tuning in and please feel free to share this episode.